Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Corey Johnson in our Bloomberg 960 studio in San Francisco, Cuba. Yeah. So I was there in October of last year. Mm-hmm. The rules about getting there are changing a lot, and it's going to change a lot for a lot of businesses that are engaged and hoping to be engaged further in the travel business. So we're going to talk about that with someone who actually helps arrange some Cuba travel, uh, a guy who really knows the business well. All right. First up, though, to your top business stories once again, and let's get an update on trading. Charlie Pellet. All right. Thank you very much, Carol Master. Thank you, Corey. 29 minutes to go ahead of the close on this Wednesday. The Dow and S&P lower. NASDAQ is higher. Stocks mixed after the biggest drop in a month. Oil's worsening slump weighing on energy and industrial companies, overshadowing renewed advances in technology. NASDAQ up 43 now to 62.31, a gain there of seven-tenths of one percent. The S&P down two points, a drop of one-tenth of one percent. The Dow down 56, a drop of three-tenths of one percent. Speaking of technology, Oracle scheduled to report quarterly results after the close of trading. And a preview, here's Bloomberg's uh, Jeff Bellinger. Bloomberg Intelligence says cloud buildings may have improved across most of Oracle's product lines in the fiscal fourth quarter, and investors are likely to focus on the company's cloud infrastructure segment. Analysts say new products may have driven a pickup in sales. But as clients shift applications to the cloud, Oracle's new license sales will likely continue to slide. The consensus among forecasters is that Oracle will post an adjusted profit of 78 cents a share on revenue topping $10.4 billion. Oracle gets 21 buy ratings, 14 hold ratings, and no sell ratings. And that's Jeff Bellinger reporting Oracle shares up now by one uh, by a one percent. Diageo has agreed to acquire fast-growing U.S. tequila brand Casamigos, paying as much as $1 billion for a business co-founded four years ago by actor George Clooney. Recapping, stocks mixed, NASDAQ higher, Dow and S&P lower, S&P down two points. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, Bloomberg Markets is brought to you by National Realty Managers of New York City Cashflow Real Estate, providing you 10 to 16% annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. Call them... See them at nraa.net. He's really a modest guy. Oh, he's the hottest guy in Havana. Well, last week, President Trump reversed some of the Cuban policies initiated under President Obama to encourage engagement between the U.S. and Cuba. President Trump kind of dialing back on some of that. Gio Darda is founder, president of the Miami-based Copper Bridge Foundation. It's a nonprofit with a mission to build a cultural bridge using art to really unite people of different backgrounds and beliefs. We find Gio in Venice, Italy on this Wednesday. Nice to have you here on Bloomberg Radio. Uh, tell us about the latest moves by President Trump and what impact that might have on what you are trying to do. Hello, how are you? I'm well. Nice to have you here with us. <laughs> Great. Great. So, um, how can I help you? What, what? How can I help you? Well, what I want to know is President Trump, of course, as I mentioned, you know, reversing some of the 
engagement policies with uh, U.S. and Cuba that we got under President Obama, President Trump looking to dial back some of that. You know, you guys are trying to build this bridge, you know, building a cultural bridge. Um, how does what President Trump is trying to do now in dialing back that engagement, what impact that might that have on you? Talk to me about some of the implications, especially on the artistic uh, uh, community uh, that we see in Cuba. Well, for us right now, uh, we've been working with uh, cultural exchanges for the last seven years. And uh, it's been a great mission for us. We have uh, been able to successfully do cultural exchanges, uh, bringing many dance companies, artists, theater companies to the United States, and also having many uh, institutions going to visit Cuba. So it's been great for us. At the moment, uh, the policies for us... I don't think it will impact us too much because always working under the same regulations as people people programs with our foundation, bringing people uh, under the auspices of Copper Bridge Foundation and having always someone with them. So for us, it's uh, not going to make too much of a difference, but uh, it's a shame because I know it will be some kind of restrictions for Americans to travel uh, to Cuba, but... Um, for us, like I say, it's, uh, it might be a little harder uh, in the sense of uh, bringing larger groups, but still, we still feel that it will be uh, uh, possible for us to continue our mission. So, Gio, um, you know, when I was in Cuba in October, uh, you know, we saw a lot of development of hotels. We saw a lot of uh, uh, businesses from all over the world, but including the U.S., companies like Starwood uh, and others coming in with uh, expectations of developing property, partnering with the Cuban government and therefore the Cuban military. It seems that those kinds of developments are going to be uh, severely hindered by these new restrictions. Well, uh, that could be the case. But for me, what we like through Copper Bridge is we like to see the uh, general public, the uh, ordinary Cubans, be able to have the opportunity to uh, foster or help them foster uh, private enterprise. For example, uh, when the opening of Obama uh, with the relax of the uh, regulations, many Cubans were able to start building uh, or opening private homes or their private homes to uh, American um uh, visitors. Uh, with that said, I saw in the last four years, uh, beginning prior to just a little bit before uh, December 17, 2014, uh, Cubans repairing their homes, uh, learning how to uh, uh, do the Casa Particulares, welcoming uh, foreigners into their homes. And that helped with the economic uh, situation in their homes. So they started to uh, employ other people to work with them to help them maintain the home. So uh, with that, help also restore and rebuild their house. So uh, that was good. Plus the paladares, the uh, uh, restaurants also started to flourish in, in Havana and throughout the country, uh, employing more waiters, cooks, uh, again, private enterprise uh, to service uh, these uh, you, uh, foreigners that were coming you, in. Uh, yes. just, just have about 30 seconds left here. Let me just ask you, will... Better engagement between the United States and Cuba help improve the rights, the situation, if you will, in the Cuban government, or should we push for better rights ahead of better engagement? And just very quickly, 20 seconds, please. 
In my opinion, I believe that we should continue to keep the, the lines of communication open and engaging Americans to travel to Cuba to also uh, befriend them and also uh, encourage uh, uh, personal and, and private enterprise. All right. Interesting. And, and I'll, we'll I'll tell you what, Carol, when I, yeah. when I was in Cuba and, and met Gio back in October, he suggested to me, he says, you know, don't get too excited about all these reforms. It seems to be with Cuba quite often it's two steps forward and one step yeah. back with the relations between the two countries. And he couldn't have been more right. So yeah. he called this uh, this development. But he's also right that the Airbnb is very popular there. The yep. Peladores, the, the privately run restaurants are, are really booming there. So it'll be interesting to see how this policy plays out. All right. Gio Darter, founder uh, and president at Copper Bridge Foundation, uh, joining us uh, on the phone from Venice, Italy today. Based in Miami, though, the nonprofit. This is Bloomberg Radio. So the latest in world and national news headlines with Bloomberg News anchor Adrian Mitchell in our 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Corey and Carol, nearly one in four people on Medicaid were prescribed opioid pain medication in 2015. That's according to drug benefits manager Express Scripts. Several states are investigating drug makers' marketing of opioid drugs after a surge in overdose deaths. Saudi Arabia's king has named his son heir to the throne. Bloomberg's Tracy Alloway in Dubai says the timing of the announcement was a shock, but what it said wasn't. So the timing of this announcement came as something of a shock, if not necessarily the content. People had been speculating about the deputy crown prince's ambitions for quite some time now. Remember, Mohammed bin Salman has been quite aggressive both on the domestic policy front and also on the foreign policy front, where, for instance, he's been instrumental in the kingdom's entanglements in Yemen. Here at home, Democrats licking their political wounds after the special election in Georgia. They had hoped President Trump's low approval ratings would carry the Democrat John Ossoff to victory. But voters in suburban Atlanta chose Republican Karen Handel. Bloomberg Chief Washington correspondent Kevin Cirilli reports Republicans do think this will help them push through their agenda. A Republican lawmaker, Representative Rodney Davis, told me he took a look at the results last night and actually is suggesting that this will only embolden the Republican majority on issues like infrastructure and tax reform. Republicans retain the seat in a district that's been held by the GOP since 79. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts. I'm Adrian Mitchell.